0: Coming up on the Middle Class BO podcast. Just be authentic. And who you are, whether you're in the studio, walking your dog, you know, feeding your children, you're going to have so much more success in your strategy. People want to embrace you as a person.
1: If you need any
0: learning, we're just an email away. Corporate. And tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Middle Class VO Podcast. Kevin Kilpatrick here in Nashville, Bobby Maxwell is in Cincinnati, and we're going out to the West Coast today, y'all.
0: Woo, woo.
2: <laughs> Sophia Cruz is here. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
0: Uh, thank you for having me. I am doing well. Thank you so much for asking. How are you guys?
2: Excellent. Oh, yeah. Excellent. And, and you are out on, on the West Coast, right? L.A. area?
0: That is correct. I am in Los Angeles, or more accurately, the city of Burbank.
1: Oh, Okay. Hmm. All right. So
2: you are real close to Sobis every year.
0: Oh, yeah. I can throw a rock to sobus. Nice. I see sometimes Warner do, right? studio. <laughs> well, well, can I make my reservation
1: for the next time it's, it's actually in town again?
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm not surprised it's not in town this year. Everything in Los Angeles is pretty shut down. So I'm not surprised that Warner Brothers said, no, we're not going to have anything tentative for this year. Oh, Wow. Wow. How
2: sad. It, it is. And, and Sophia, we last saw each other at Sovis in, Correct. At, towards the end of 19. And yeah. uh, as we know what 2020 brought, and now here we are uh, going to 2021. Yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do Sovis live again this year. It, unless anybody's heard anything different.
0: Yeah, there's, it's going to be both live and streamed. It's going to be both oh. the option. Yeah. So really? it, it will be in New York. Yep. So it's going to be in New York. And they are being cautious, obviously, and making that, precautionary steps and if if it's live it's going to be obviously not as many people and but yeah there the option of people being in new york is is real so you could if you are in new york or you feel like you want to be one of those few that are going to be there i think that um you can be there yeah if you wanted to be in person
1: all right awesome. Kev, okay road trip to the
0: big what? apple <laughs> big right? apple no kidding december no kidding. the best time you know what New York in December, for me, is the best time, and it probably has to do with the movie Lost in New York, Home Alone, oh. but ever since <laughs> ever since I watched that movie, I'm like, New York is the best time, and then I went and did the whole New York thing uh, for Christmas, New Year's Eve, and it was the best, so I have fond, fond memories of New York during December. Well, there's this little awesome. thing called shopping, too, I mean. Yeah, well, of course.
2: <laughs> of course. <laughs> Well, before we get too far deep into this, let let me kind of reset just a little bit. We're talking with Sophia Cruz, voice actor, bilingual voice actor, Sophia Cruz. Sophia, tell us a little bit about your history and when you first got into doing voiceover. Did you come from a on-camera side? Did you come from radio? Did you come from human resources? Were you a realtor? Tell us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wow, you actually nailed it on the third one. So I come from corporate America and I was a human resources generalist office administrator Wow. and um yeah actually was i considered a human resources administrator too office development associate <clears throat> organizational development i mean the titles are endless right um mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so that is my background i unfortunately and i say unfortunately because i feel that without having any strong background in either music, singing, playing an instrument, having that theater acting background, you are basically starting from scratch. And I have seen over the course of the past 15 years or so, the people who have the aforementioned background tend to excel a lot quicker in this industry, as opposed to someone like myself, who had no necessary prerequisites of fundamentals in place. Mm Mm-hmm so, for me, it was a complete three sixty what is voiceover? I didn't even know what it was. I got comp- I, I was a public speaker since the age of sixteen. So that is how I was quote unquote, wow. discovered uh, by a uh, company who said, "Hey, I love the way you sound. I uh, would love to have you record my voicemail greeting in Spanish and English. So back then, my first job was that bilingual English and Spanish. Now, back then, I didn't realize what an asset that was. In fact, um, because I grew up being picked on for being Mexican and I was an illegal immigrant, and apparently kids know that when you're young, you say stupid things like, oh, yeah, I'm illegal. And then that kind of carries you through the entire years of your school. And it really became an issue for me where I was just constantly bombarded with racism I went to a predominantly white school. I think there was only three Hispanic people, me being one of them. And I must have said in my ignorance that I'm illegal. And it was just nonstop on to that point. And so I was just constantly like, I wish I wasn't this. You know, I wish I wasn't brown. I wish I wasn't illegal. And I wish I wasn't Mexican. So... For the longest time, I just ran away as fast as I could from my heritage. And being able to speak Spanish to me was like, you know, and it's like everybody used to tell me that's such an asset, that's such an asset. And I would be like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. This is not an asset. It's been my biggest pain in my ass. And so when I went to corporate America, I was like, and my first name, my, so I, I changed my name. <laughs> I'm probably one of the few voiceover actors that anybody knows. When I started my voiceover career, I was known as Faith Coons. <clears throat> really? And that's right. There was <laughs> nothing in that name that said I spoke Spanish <laughs> on purpose. Um, but my first name, um, my legal birth name is Rocio. So it's spelled R-O-C-I-O. Rocio is a very common name in Mexico. It means the morning dew. And Gosh, to make somebody say Rocio, it's like, you might as well tell them to say, like, the worst, like, pronounce, like, the hardest name ever because nobody, it was Rocco, Rocio, Rocco, everything but Rocio. <laughs> I <Right. I'll bet. laughs> So, you guys, so I have the name. I'm the legal. I'm, you know, it's just like everything was against me. So, yeah, I didn't want anything to do with it. So, when I got to corporate America, I mean, I had to stick with my name because I didn't know any better. I would have changed it back then if I knew <laughs> I could. And uh, uh, so I'm like, yeah, I speak Spanish, but I would be like, but don't worry, I speak really good English. And, and it just, and, and they just would look at me and I, it's, it's so funny because I just didn't want that to be an asset. I was so like gung-ho, like, this is not an asset. And I worked at a, uh, one of the top, well, it became, it got bought out. Axiom is one of the biggest tech companies back then in, in the 2000 era. And they had a factory where people worked in, in the warehouse and everybody there spoke Spanish. Well, they had their own human resource specialist that was only dedicated to them because I didn't want to do it. I was like, nope, I am only going to do the English side. So yeah, I really, really rejected it. So all that to say that it took me a very long time to come back full circle and and embrace who I am in 100% of what that all means. So my journey to being Sophia Cruz really has been extraordinary in the sense that I had to let go of every single criticism i've had along the way so i had that growing up and then when i entered voiceover it was the opposite now you don't speak good enough english now i have an accent now i'll never make it because it's not neutral and then when i decided to start doing the spanish stuff then people are like oh my colleagues oh you're not good enough that's not perfect enough it sounds too american it's like oh my god you know like (laughs) when is it gonna Mm -hmm. be enough So I just had to say, and I hope it's okay to say this, but I had to say everyone like seriously (laughs) everyone and just let me do my thing. And I just decided to say it and just embrace this is who I am. I've become the perfect blend of being a Mexican and American, and I've overcome every obstacle to get here. And gosh, darn it. I'm going to be myself. And whoever likes it great and whoever doesn't came off. That's get worthy. Good and for you. That, yeah. And so that's really, you know, it's been four years that that's happened. It hasn't even been that long. And it has been night and day in my career. I've been the most successful in the last four years. And I was the previous 11 trying to be somebody I wasn't trying to fit in, trying to make that general American dialect work for me, trying to really be more a Hispanic than I really am. But it's like, OK, I'm I you know, here's the thing. I am free. Hispanic, like you know, I was born in Mexico, I had to cross the river, I had to learn English. Like, you know, I'm like, why do you g-? so now I have to tell my clients, um, Sophia, can you have that more of a Hispanic accent? I'm like, dude, this is real, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't get any more, you can't, you just can't, you can't get it more real. This is authentic. So, I have to educate my clients all the time, like, you do not have to have the accent in order for it to be authentic. and. God knows I don't have general American dialect, so believe me, you're already getting a flavor there somehow. So yeah, it's it's been a, it's definitely been a ride.
1: Have you lost jobs because of, uh, of uh, being too yes. American? Okay.
0: Yes, I have. And I'm proud of it. No, I'm skinny. kidding. <laughs> no, I have. I have because, you know, they... Um, so one of the things that um, I feel, this is just my personal, professional opinion, I don't feel that we are puppets, that you can dial up and dial down. We don't have this knob of accented, perfect Hispanic, and now we're a little bit more and less. I think that that is... Um, you know, how, you know how, just think about it from an American standpoint to you. Can you sound a little bit more white? Now try to sound a little less white. It's like, what the f*** does that even mean, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you were constantly told to turn it up, turn it down, you would get exhausted from trying to do that. So, uh, and then, you know how we have those references try to sound like Allison Janey and Johansson Scarlett, right? And then you're in the session and they're like, oh, but you're not raspy enough. Get a little bit more gravel. See how she says it? Now we need, it's like... So they, I had, I've had that where they're like, well, Sanma Hayek has it like this and so-and-so has it like this. And we want it just – it's like, dude, I'm not that person. I can come close, but I'm not – so I have. I lost a $5,000 job once. It was easy. I mean, it was like such easy money. It was one video for $5,000. Um, and I could not get that perfect accent that they were looking for. And I said, okay, we'll go find someone else.
2: <laughs> wow. But it is good, though, that we're finally getting to a place in our industry where we can accept people and we can accept, you know what? No matter how they sound, that's how normal people sound. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're all going for, right?
0: Yeah. You know, I so this is how I'm phrasing it. We are in the process of retraining the ears of America to actually hear what it actually sounds like to be American. And it doesn't matter what that is. It doesn't matter that I don't have the A pronunciation perfectly. Um, The dialects of our country depends on the region, as we all know. And all of them are valid we are all Americans. I can say I'm an American because I'm no longer illegal. I became a United States citizen. Um, You know, uh, I, I started the process through Ronald Reagan's amnesty program in the 80s. And, you know, I became a citizen shortly thereafter. So, you know, we this is america we are a melting pot whether we like it or not it's been a country of immigration uh, immigrants migrating here f- since the beginning of time so you know this is what makes up america this is what makes america amazing and beautiful so for the longest time it's only been that neutral general american dialect that's reigned the airs of of the airwaves and TV and everything that we know in the media, entertainment. So to train the years now to attune to what a black person sounds like and not be that stereotype, because what I experienced in the Hispanic Mexican side, the black people experience, right? Have, can you sound more urban? Can yeah. you be more black? Mm-hmm. It's It's like you don't say that to white people. Why are you saying that to us? Right? So they have the same issues. What does a black person sound who's gone to college who didn't grow up in in the hood, if you will? That's valid. Why does he or she need to sound like she did grow up there if she didn't? She didn't grow up in, in the projects of Harlem or, in my case, in, I, used to, I grew up in Chicago. Cabrini Green was the projects in our area. Just because you didn't grow up there doesn't mean you—you you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. accepting that we all have our sound based on our upbringing, our heritage, our culture, where we, where we lived, our, our society in our, in our corner of the world, of this country. All of that is valid and to stop making us sound like we're something else, and to fit into this mold of what you think. you So this is the problem. Everybody thinks they know what we should sound like, but like we're here telling them, but this is how we sound like, and believe me, it's okay.
1: And it's not just race either. It's, I mean, now it's accepting, how many auditions do you see non-binary? So it doesn't, it's not necessarily your accent is what I'm trying to say. It's what your sound is.
0: Right. And who's to say to a non-binary that they can't sound how they sound? Right. right? We, but what but, but we have, we as in the producers in the world who creates, they are like, well, we think this is how they sound. So we got to find that person instead of just accepting, hey, this person is actually non-binary and this is how they sound. And it may not fit the mold you thought that person should sound like. And that's okay. Yep. So, we're, to me, that authentic casting, I know there's a lot of issues with it, but I feel it is the step in the right direction to stop this crazy stereotyping of people, of gender and race, to just let us exist and be who we are, Um So that's that, you know, I I definitely I'm I'm a big uh, supporter of that in celebrating the diversity that we're seeing. I mean, never in the history of my life have I turned on the TV and seen as many black people as as I've seen since the you know, since last year, you know, thanks to Black Lives Matter. So. Um it's, it's a beautiful thing, and I, I'm excited for this path, even though I understand that it's not coming necessarily because they want diversity. I feel that a lot of them, a lot of people, it's like their arms are getting twisted, just like in corporate America, where we had to have, you know, that whole diversity and equal employment opportunity. We're seeing that now finally in voiceover.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. And, and the thing is, Sophia, we are going to, you know, we were going to dive into this topic today. And uh, you just barreled right into it, and we're so glad you did. And you've you've already answered some of the questions I was going to ask you about. And I didn't expect the level at which you uh, told us your stories that this would have happened to you throughout your career. And it's it's unfortunate, but you know it, it's good to see the light at the end of the tunnel, kind of. And we are so- starting to hear more diversification of voices uh, in the TV spots and on the radio spots and, and the like. Um, tell us about, you know, being bilingual in the voiceover world. And, you know, you told us the, the bad part and you finally came to grips with, hey, this is who I am. Now tell us uh, the benefit that you yeah. have uh, attained from it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Let's talk. Let's talk about the positive. So I just finished doing a live audition for a major brand that required a, a Spanish speaker who knows how to pronounce the brand correctly in English. Right. Uh, I have another audition where another major brand where it's English and Spanish all within the same spot. Oh, wow. Well. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most in, in the 80s and the 90s, that was called Spanglish. Today, mm-hmm. that's just being bilingual is being able to shift back and forth. So the reason why Spanglish had to go away um, is because to, when you say to someone you're a Spanglish speaker— That implies that they do not know how to speak fully uh, well English and Spanish. So they have to mix it up in order to get their sentence across. So like if I didn't know how to say the word purple, let's just assume, uh, I would be like, is it that morado thing over there instead of that purple thing? So people had to mix the two languages to come through, right? Um, And and it's funny, but it it happens. I'm like, my cousins um, don't speak any Spanish compared to how I speak it fluently. They didn't grow up speaking Spanish like I did. Um, So my cousin, Chaito, one time, I mean, this is hilarious, but it happened. Um, Her mom and I were talking. We're talking about we're going to do this on Wednesday, which is miércoles. El miércoles vamos a hacer esto. And she's like, what's miércoles? she can pronounce miércoles, but she didn't know what it was um <laughs> right so so that happens in in the households so that's why spanglish was considered that today if you said to me i'm a spanglish speaker that would be inaccurate because i can actually understand fully english and spanish so today it's more can, more appropriate to say that person is bilingual so now we're having these bilingual spots as opposed to quote unquote spanglish spots um so these spots have been come have been prominent now for the last three years uh, I did a major campaign for office Depot or staples I don't remember which other two where I did a series of back-to-school uh commercials both in English and Spanish so like Cómpralo nice. ya your next neckbook you know it was all in one so I love the fact that I'm starting to see, continuing to see that trend um and then, and in, in what it does is, if you can pronounce, here's the thing if you can pronounce the brand completely in Spanish perfectly, and then you can say everything else in Spanish perfectly, that's the huge asset. Now, it does say they only, for people who can pronounce perfectly English, they only want the English with a slight accent, meaning I couldn't have a heavy accent. And that's okay. Because there's plenty, God knows, right? I just finished saying how many I have lost several jobs because of my accent wasn't good enough. So it's okay. Like I don't, I don't get upset when I lose jobs because I don't have a heavy accent anymore. Uh, I hope that on the flip side, people wouldn't get upset because they don't, because they do have an accent. Like everything, as long as we're all getting some work, regardless of level of our accented English then that's good news for all of us. So being bilingual obviously gives you double the opportunity. Um, My work is split pretty evenly, 50% English, 50% Spanish. I just booked a Metrolink, uh, which is our railroad system here in California. Um, Their uh, campaign for TV, web, and uh, radio for the spots, you know, to slow down and, and don't cross the railroad tracks or you're going to die. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to do that with the producer getting hired because I can hear the English, match it, do the Spanish, time it perfectly and send it off to him is what I get hired for all the time. And that is a huge asset. And, um, and so for me, and if he wanted me to do the English spot, I could have done it, right? But he, he they wanted a male for the English. So he's like, I really love your voice. I want you for – even though you're not male, we want you for the Spanish part. I'm like, sure, take, you know, I'll take that. Um, so I – you know, that – that helps me a lot. And I do a ton of narration work in e-learning and audio description. Audio description is a hundred percent English, but my e-learning is 50% English, 50% Spanish. Um, telephony. I do a ton of English and Spanish. So yes, the fact that I am bilingual allows me and affords me this opportunity to do double the work.
2: Do you get paid for both languages?
0: Yeah, I was just going to go into that. I was just going to say, Oh, should I say that? Um, yes. For me, Sophia Cruz, yes, I I have lost a lot of jobs because I did not accept the one pay, one payment for both. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to want, and that's what I tell them, this is two spots. It, you, this isn't just one spot. So for me, and, and anybody who may listen to this in the future, if you are bilingual or you have an additional asset, whether you sing or play a instrument or you you know whatever it might be, you have to charge that extra step. For this case with MetroLink, my audio engineer, Um, you know, I have an audio engineer on staff now because of the volume of work that I have. He handles everything for me. I don't have to edit anymore, which is a blessing. And awesome. he's worth every penny. So, so that's an added um, benefit that I offer my clients, right? So this is a video that I have to match. So I said to him, you know, if you want my audio engineer to deliver a file that's literally perfectly timed to your video and all you have to do is insert it. There's no post production work on your end. We can offer that for you at this additional price. And he's like, yes. And he loved it. And he was just like, so six videos in and out. We we did it in 30 minutes. And the client was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Right. That's something <laughs> that very few other voice talents offer that I do. So my my constant way of operating with my clients is being able to deliver above and beyond because they, you know, there's a ton of bilingual people, but how many bilingual people are out there treating their customers with that top level service? I don't know, honestly. Mm. I, I don't, I don't know m- very many full time vo- working voice actors with their own uh audio engineer either. So, you know, these are things that I do that set me apart, and, and my clients can tell immediately. So this guy called me, you know, he found me on my website. He called me. We had a conversation, and he's like, "You're, you, I'm sold. You know, what's not, what's not to sell? This person knows what she's doing. She's a professional. I like her voice. She can deliver above and beyond what I even thought I could get, and it's top quality, and here we go.
1: So you obviously have to be non-union or core, then, right?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that publicly.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I I mean, with as much e-learning and, and I know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, projects. you can
0: convert—correct. You can convert a lot of this narration work into union, which I have done. And I, I always charge, I mean, fair market rates and above. I don't, I mean, look, my audio engineer isn't cheap. I'm not, I can't make less money. I learned, I did do a series of videos, my first project that I took on with him. Um, and I made $0 because I didn't understand the level of complexity that it is to match video to timing. And of course, I've gotten mm-hmm. better too, but I did 20 videos for Spain and I, I made zero money because it was just, it was so, and those were all one minute long. Um, And these videos that we did with this guy was so—it's just like so insanely easy. Um, Hopefully, he'll never hear this. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but like that one minute—you know—those twenty-one minute videos were a lot of work. And so he took—it takes time. And so when he built me, I was like, "Oh shit!" I made no money, and that was a lesson learned. Um, So, of course, we all learn lessons. None of us are perfect. You know, I didn't start off charging my worth at day one. I had to learn and grow. And he, you know, here I am, and I definitely do that now. And I—that's why. I turned down so much work? Because some people will come up and say, hey, I have to, you know, I have a bilingual spot, English, Spanish, radio, Texas, a hundred bucks. I'm like, yeah, huh? Never.
1: <laughs> um, I know yeah. your, your son is, um, uh, well, he's a network reporter, right?
0: Yes, my son is a uh, he's a journalist. Journalist, okay. And he, he, and did and he, he, he appears nationwide on news. Yeah. He, did, on news. did
1: he have a, a difficult time getting to where he is, or is, is it now to his advantage because of the same reasons for you?
0: Well, no, because I made the unfortunate mistake of not teaching him Spanish. So like ah. Univision and Telemundo all want him on their network to report the news, you know, to have him on a segment. And he's like, I can't speak Spanish. So those opportunities for him are gone. Um, And and he looks 100 he is 100 percent Mexican. Both his dad and I are, you know, 100 percent Mexican born in Mexico. So he was born here and 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 he doesn't speak Spanish because I didn't want him struggling the way that I struggled. So I made sure that he didn't have that problem by not teaching him Spanish and making sure his English was 100% and he wouldn't have any issues. And you know, he does, when you don't know what you're missing, it's like, you know, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what it's like to live in my bilingual world doing these spots. So you're like, ah, I got plenty of work. I'm not worried about it. The same thing with him. He's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm successful. You know, he's a 25 year old, very successful. Uh, uh, journalist. And, you know, he he's like, well, I can't get on Televisión Telemundo. It's okay. Like, it's not a big deal, uh, you know. <laughs> um, now, if he had the opportunity to do that and he desi- desired to learn more Spanish, which he does. But, you know, here's the thing. Everybody who thinks they can learn Spanish overnight or it's just not possible at the level of fluency and uh, fluidity that it requires, even for someone like me who spoke Spanish growing up, and then ignored it for so long. I had to get a tutor to get back to the level that I am today. And I had to really work and perfect it. And you know, the criticism that I've received from my voiceover colleagues in Spanish is that my day-to-day, like in this interview, if I did it in Spanish, I will make more mistakes than I than I would in English. Mm. And I wouldn't know how to say certain words because I don't speak it every day to people like I do English. But I know how to read a script and I can perfect that. That's not a big deal. But my day-to-day speaking isn't as fluid. As it would be if I was talking to my friend next door, because I just I, my world isn't 100 percent Spanish anymore. Um, so that's a criticism, criticism that I get from my colleagues, and you know, it, it, it hurt me at the beginning because I I saw that as so like awful. Like, how do I say this? So if you if you if you had that same issue, like Bobby or Kevin, you were relearning English because you had straight away, and if you're talking to me in the day to day, I wouldn't. I mean, I would never judge you because you forgot how to say hypocritical or some off word. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, his English sucks because he doesn't know how to say two yeah. or three words. Who would... Mm. I mean, like who does that? But the Spanish community does that. And they're not very forgiving. Um, so I had to really, really step away from all of that noise because it was really affecting me. Um, and, you know, I... I'm glad that I could still have the the success that I have because, again, it hasn't been easy. How many of us struggle with that, quote-unquote, imposter syndrome, right? And I then know. on top of that, having people, like, shame you and guilt you and make you think you're not good enough, like, nonstop, I, that's, like, that's crazy, right? So you have to just shut that noise off and just be like, you know what, forget you. I And I did that, so I'm grateful for that.
2: Would that upset you if you heard a, uh, a Spanish voiceover, but it was done by a a, a very uh, unmistakable uh, American voiceover actor who did not have a command of the Spanish language?
0: You know, not really. Here's the thing. I've heard them. And I recently someone posted, hey, I booked my first Spanish job and I and I don't speak Spanish, great, but they wanted that. Well, great. They're probably making a mockery of you. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, el gringo that knows how to speak Spanish. You know, I don't know. I, I Who knows what, what they were trying to do in that spot, you know? Um, does it upset me? No. The only thing I will say, which is the same thing that the Black people say in the Asian there hasn't been that many opportunities for us. So why would you want to go after jobs that are already on um, not as plentiful for us and take that away from someone who could have done it, who does do it better? Um, but at the end of the day, we are in a business where the client is the final say. And so if the client wanted someone who didn't speak Spanish the way that a native speaks it, then so be it. Why I can't be upset about that. But as voice actors in general at large, we do have to understand that, you know, the argument that I'm sure all of you have seen on these wonderful Facebook groups, uh, you know, (laughs) acting is acting and shouldn't it matter, doesn't matter. and, And there was people like, wow, here's the thing. If you are white and you've never experienced racism based on the color of your skin and how you sound and what you look like you really, 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 really need to keep your mouth shut and just listen. You may not understand it. You may not think it's quote-unquote right or, oh gosh, that sounds crazy, but you haven't lived it. So you can't understand it. And the very least thing you can do is take the time to at least listen to understand. But people interject their opinions as if they know our world. You do not. I don't wish what I experienced... To my worst enemy. I mean, mm. n- no one should live with that constant fear of being deported or not welcomed in this country. Nobody should. Right? Like, yeah, how many not. times? I mean, so you haven't lived it. Exactly. So you can't sit there and tell me what it's like to be me. I know what it's like to be me. What it is to walk in my shoes, both pre-voiceover and after voiceover. It's it's a lot. And... And it causes a lot of deep wounds, you know, work that I've had to work on internally to get to this point, right? So you can't, you know, it, it is frustrating to see how many people within our own industry just don't understand that you have to learn and, and appreciate and spend the time. You know, even before Black Lives Matter, I've been a proponent of learning what our fellow Black African American people have gone through in this country. I had watched um, the the 12th Amendment, or what I think it's just called 12, Uh, prior to that. I didn't have to have that happen in order for me to care about that because I've experienced it. I know, not to the level that they have. I've never been stopped by a police thinking I'm going to get shot. Never. I don't know that, but I know what I've experienced, and none of it is right you know? So I'm not, you know, when I see these things, I just keep my mouth shut because it's like, I don't know what that's like. Gosh, I wouldn't even know what it would be like to be a mother. And my son is out there and he's, he's constantly as a young man, right? Cause young black men are, you know, you saw what happened in that central park. There's another movie. There's so many movies I've mm-hmm, watched about mm-hmm. this, you know, and it is gut wrenching to me, gut wrenching. Like I, I don't think I sobbed as hard as I did after watching that movie these young boys that were accused of murder and framed and it just and went to jail and their lives completely destroyed that guts me to the very core because I'm human right so yeah. it's long so you don't even have to understand me you just have to understand that as a fellow human if I've endured pain and suffering you should want to have empathy for that situation so then if you know that, and you know these jobs have been seldom, and we've seen it, right? How many how many white people have stepped down saying, okay, I'm playing a black person, an Indian person. I, sh- I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's give them a shot. Yes. You may not think it's right because, like, oh, my gosh, this is acting. But it is. But you have the white people have used their platform to create these stereotypes that now those of us who aren't fitting into your mold are trying to break. That's what they've done. They haven't even done it authentically. That's why it's such a problem. Of course, you can't do it authentically. You haven't lived our lives.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah. It, it it sucks that you've had to endure all this, but it it is so encouraging to see you come out with this fiery spirit on the other side, yeah, Sophia. That's what I was just
1: gonna say. It, it, obviously, very, very emotional topic, but. You are so confident and so sure of what you're doing, and, and that's that's amazing that you got through that, and you're at the level you're at now. So, congrats! Thank you yeah, so congratulations. much. Congratulations! Thank you. We
2: we gotta uh, we're gonna be wrapping up before too yep. long, Sophia. But before we do, I want to get two things from you in just a minute. I would love to hear, and, and we've kind of already heard some nightmare scenarios, but <laughs> I would love to hear a nightmare session story from you in, in a minute, where you know you, you had a session. And Bobby and I have talked ad nauseum about these. We've had many of them. And, you know, it's just a session that maybe couldn't have gone worse. So be thinking about that for a second. But first, let us get some good old social media nuggets because we know Sophia is one of the queens of the social media world when it comes to voiceover. Tell us your successes uh, with regards to social media. What works? What maybe have you found that doesn't work?
0: A penny for your thoughts. Okay. So uh, prior to 2020, I felt like social media was the, meaning it was amazing. There was like so amazing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I have since changed my perspective uh, on several things. So I'm glad that you're bringing this up. Social media, just like any other marketing platform is an easy way for us to show the world who we are. And for most people don't understand this, your brand, regardless of what your tag is, Regardless of your colors of your website, <laughs> your mm. brand is you. That's it. It's you, your face, your 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 voice, along with your personality and everything that you showcase on social media, that is your brand. So every time we're connecting on social media, we are essentially giving of our brand to the public. So prior to 2020, that was easy for me because I've been very uh, open and I feel very, um, positive about everything and you know showcasing who i was was easy for me because i was coming finally from a place of authenticity I find that people who struggle the most are the people who try to put on something that they're not. Mm-hmm. Maybe a brand was created for themselves that doesn't fully fit who they are. I've seen this in several of the coaching students that I've had in the last couple of years. In fact, I'm working with several people right now to really authentically be show their brand for who they are. And and they're having and they don't have nowhere near the same story that I have. But, you know, one person is gay, one person is black, and for them to really own it has has been really hard for them because they're they're afraid of like this world that they're not used to. So, there's a lot of people in my shoes maybe looks very differently and maybe even I I do have a white uh person too where it's just like just being okay with who you are. So, if you're okay with who you are, which I am today and I have been for the last 4 years, Then social media is a lot easier because you don't have to think about what am I going to post? Does it fit my brand? Is it none of all of that goes out the window? The work, the thinking, that goes out the window. So we know that marketing has shifted from what we used to know to more authentic. We've seen this word: conversational, authentic, no polish, no announcery, blah blah blah. Right? So marketing is also shifting that way the reason the influencers had such a big positive roi explosion was because it was quote unquote authentic it was like when we went from fully produced movies to real wives you know supposedly um, and then we <laughs> discovered and then we discovered that that's also not true so then we're like oh that's not what we thought it was so we're always searching for the right and the authentic feel of everything so if so social media, And no one has said this ever. So it's first on your platform. We are going away from the ego-driven social media platforms where, look at me, I'm in my studio again. Look at me, I'm doing this again. We're going away from that. For anybody who's going to listen to me and agree with me or even trust what I'm saying, if you switch from that to just being yourself, just be authentic and who you are, whether you're in the studio, walking your dog, you know, feeding your children, you're going to have so much more success in your strategy. People want to embrace you as a person, especially. Especially after 2020 because we're so hungry for that connection of real to be able to say yes this was such a year wasn't it and this is how I dealt with it by being with my dog going to the beach whatever you know whatever that might be in my case I became a workaholic why there was so much work you know, and of course, it was a detriment to me. And I've had to share that. I was awful. I mean, I I totally neglected my health. I was in the studio recording, recording, not even auditioning, not even marketing, recording 10 to 14 hours a day, a day, mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. nonstop Monday, Monday through Sunday. It, it was insane. So I had to decide that's enough, right? And I did commit a couple of faux pas on social media. I I posted a video that was not received well. I didn't research it enough. I trusted the source. And so now we live in a world today where you really have to verify what you're posting. Okay. Lesson learned. And then Mm -hmm. I made a well-intentioned post when everything went like, you know, I was talking, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. I'm in sessions all day with engineers and they're like complaining like, gosh, these, these, uh, voice actors don't know anything about studio. And I'm like, well, this is easy. Just ask them, you know, create a a form and ask people along. They've had their studio and how many sessions they do a day. And then you can weed out people really fast. So I posted that on social media. And of course, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're so against new people. And I'm like, no, really I'm not. Like that was not, but, but when you are, so my fault, this is my fault. My fault was not taking into account the, the, you know, what is a read the room right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. like I didn't read the room that everybody's panicking, right? Because my world, what was my world? My world was like the best world there could be. I already had known, I had some major projects that I already knew I was going to be out, whether the world shut down or not. I personally was not going to have a life for three months because I had this massive project. On top of everything else that I booked, I booked a $100,000 e-learning gig. I have a $100,000 worth of audio description. I had, you know, several you know what is seven figures seven whatever that's called I don't even know numbers um you know like in political work plus the commercials plus my agent auditions I mean it was just insane insane so so my world is that so I'm coming from this like strength and like abundance and and everybody's coming completely the opposite from fear and lack so my message to that message was completely and so I'm like okay I'm I'm not, so I retracted and I realized that I'm not going to change my abundance mindset. I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at. And especially after everything I just mentioned to you prior to this, right? I'm not going to apologize for my success. And that doesn't take away from anybody's um, terrible situations. I empathize. Of course, it breaks my heart to hear how many people lost loved ones and all of that. Of course, I'm not ignorant to what happened in the world, but I can't apologize for my success. It doesn't mean I'm going to flaunt it, right? And I didn't. And Mm -hmm. then I posted a year-end video celebrating myself. I had one person say, read the room how dare you brag about all your work. And I'm like, if you even understood how hard all of this has been to get to this point, you wouldn't say that. So I, I blocked and deleted that person. I'm like, if anybody knows me, you would know that I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that in spite of an awful year, Look at what I was able to accomplish and thank God for that. Thank God the voiceover industry didn't crumble. What good would that do for all of us? That if all of us had horrible years, thank God for small businesses that we could be there to support, that it wasn't just these giants that were continuing on with their business, that we could still survive as voice actors. Think about how amazing that is that we could still, we, you know, there was a meme that I posted early on. Uh, what pandemic, I mean, what problem? You mean my chosen profession? We're always inside, locked in our rooms, right? Yeah. This is nothing new to us. We, we've been working from home. I've been working from home since day one, 15 years. Of course I'm prepared, I, you know, and, and for those who weren't, uh, of course, I empathize for them. I did a free Source Connect, um webinar in English and Spanish to help people. That's, you know, that's all I can do, but I'm not going to apologize for being successful and working my ass off. None of this came to me because I just decided to wake up one day and say I'm going to be successful. I've worked really, really, really hard to get here and to receive the opportunities I've received, and I'm not going to apologize for that, and I am 100 percent In the mindset of complete abundance, everyone can have that. I created a manifesting workshop to teach people what I learned to be able to manifest exactly what you wanted. I manifested that $100,000 e-learning job because I believed it was possible for me. Now, I know how much work that is. I don't want to manifest another one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh. Those can be laborious, uh, <laughs> but, you know, hey, it's, at least it's not a $100,000 audiobook or a series of audiobooks. Oh, Lord have mercy. Could be worse. <laughs> Sophia Cruz, thank you so much for your time. Before we get out of here. Oh, um, the, my
0: nightmare situation. Let me just quickly give it to you really quick. Yeah.
2: Nightmare Sessions.
0: Okay, this was a political one. Um. My bilingual, and this is important because my bilingual brain can sometimes betray me. There was a word, a very, very important word in this script that I just kept f***ing up. And it was, I was saying it in the English way instead of the Spanish way. And my brain just wouldn't do the switch. I, I was nervous because this is one of the top, the top, like the top Hispanic marketing agency for political spots. So I wanted them to like me. I was like, yeah. so when you have that pressure on yourself, you, you're just, you set yourself up to fail. So I did that to myself. So I was really like, oh, this is it. It was for a presidential campaign. I was like, yeah, right? Like all these <laughs> things, right? <laughs> and then my brain betrays me. It's 9 p.m. my time, which is Los Angeles time uh, Pacific. The client is Eastern time. Oh. The Mexico City's person is Central Time. The producer, uh, there was five people on the line. The main producer of the spot, she was in Las Vegas. She had had a full day on set. She hadn't. She came in from New York the night before. She hadn't slept. She worked all day. It's nine p.m. our time. The New York office is min, almost midnight. Um, she tells me all of this before we get started. She's exhausted, but let's get this done and move out, right? I keep you up. I think I messed up the spot seven times with my bad word. And so she's like, I can't get past that bad word you're saying. Just say it right. I'm like, yes. And of course, it's my fault. But then she was like, I want it this way. And I want it that way. And then the producer in Mexico City was like, well, can't we just, you know... Since she's struggling so much with that one word, can't we just piece it together? No, I know she can do it. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh! What was the word? <laughs> and she and she wanted me to go from beginning to end without a mistake. Well, by by, I, we did thirty-five takes. Oh. Um, I only messed up seven of those, though. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna. I I take credit for where I messed up, but then she just, she just got on this role of like it's not good enough and it's not good enough, and she couldn't let no, it go. She couldn't let it go. Yeah, and here I am, and I still kept a smile on. I was like, yes, okay, let's do it one more time. As many, and I even said, as many times as you need me to do this, I will do this. Not a problem. It's union scale, you know, blah blah blah. Not a problem. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, sure. And at the end, do you need anything else? I was just, I just poured sweetness over her. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was a pleasure to work with you. Of course, she never hired me again. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my, my worst, worst, worst session of all time
1: sometimes people like that though can have the best day ever and and that's just their nature you know they're just well she had
0: to get and she had to get on a plane and it just there, everything that could go wrong went wrong the pressure that i put on myself because of these high stakes and everything i just yeah yeah you and can't, then of be course
2: tra- too traumatic to, uh, to mention the word sophia
0: I, you know what i haven't I've been saying the word correctly now that I don't even know how I pronounced it wrong cuz I'm like I ain't even I ain't even going to go there. I ain't even going to start. I'm like I will not go there. She doesn't want um, to say that. yeah. I will not say it. I,
2: I don't blame you. And, I don't and, blame you. And she
0: never hired me again. And you know, this is what happens. It, it, it's what happens. You, you you take you take the wins with the losses, and it is what it is. Of course, now I can say that word, and it, and I feel like I wanted to write her and say I have mastered this word. I will never make a mistake with this word. But I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's our it's like uh, our, our regularly kev
0: regularly yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, know, right
2: Regular. It, re- 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 re-
0: right anyway. and i'm not going to tell you you can't speak spanish i mean sorry you don't know how to speak english because you don't know how to pronounce regularly right,
2: right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> or exactly. jewelry
0: jewelry i mean
2: <laughs> yeah all right sophia cruz thank you so much for your time today if anybody wants to reach out to you for possible coaching for vo work how would they reach out to you
0: Yeah, so I'm on. So, this is a good branding tip at Sophia Cruz VO on everything Source Connect, email, Gmail, website. All my Instagram, Sophia Cruz Vio. When you make it simple like that for all your clients and your potential clients, uh, it's easy to be found. I do coaching for obviously the bilingual market, um, but I also do audio description coaching, e-learning coaching, and corporate narration and branding. If anybody wants to find their authentic voice in that, I certainly welcome the opportunity to serve people.
2: Well, awesome. thank you so much for your time today. We have thank you. Uh, this has been great catching up and and hearing the stories that you've gone through and, and hearing uh, how you've come out shining on the other side. We just love to hear that.
0: Thank you so much to both of you for taking the time. I appreciate you. Thanks, Sophia. Continue to uh, success. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2
1: Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmit. Bobby's Hair and Makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's Wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class
2: VO Podcast.